Amen. How many of you love Jesus this morning? Come on, let's give him a great big round of applause. What a honor and a joy to be here today, and uh, it is a privilege to be in Crown Point, Indiana, amen, and to be a part with all you guys. Uh, so I just want to let you know, as he said, I am from Arab, Alabama, and I have been praying all morning for the gift of interpretation. Uh, so uh, my prayer is that my southern slang will come forth with a northern twang, and you guys will be able to understand everything that I say here today. But it is a joy to be here today. And how many of you really, I mean really, really, really love your pastors? Pastor Ron and Mary, and let's give them a great round of applause. Amen. They are... Uh, They are among the best of the best, and I do get an opportunity through Network of Related Pastors to meet a lot of pastors across the nation, and I love uh, Dr. Ron, I call him, and uh, he is a great friend, and him and Marion are amazing people, and as they said, our daughter Samantha uh, spent a little over a year here in Indiana, and uh, what a blessing that was, and we're just thankful to be here today and be a part of what God is doing, and again, for those of you that served this week at the Band of Brothers uh, Conference, I want to just give you, as a guest being here this weekend, I want to give you a great big thank you. It was amazing, and you guys truly did serve as serving unto the Lord, and every man here uh, almost 500 men, I believe, or maybe a little over 500 men experienced that love and that hospitality, uh, and it was an amazing time. And so I love you guys, and it's a joy to be here this morning. Well, if you have your Bibles or you want to look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 30, today I want to share with you a message simply entitled, Choose Life, Choose Life. And in Deuteronomy chapter 30, God is speaking to the children of Israel, and he is addressing them. And I want you just to hear the word of the Lord this morning. God says to the nation of Israel, he says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. How many of you recognize today that the choices and decisions we make not only affect us, but it affects our children and our children's children? As a matter of fact, many of you in this room here today are enjoying the blessing of the choices and decisions that your parents or grandparents made. I, I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. My dad, we call him Papa Larry. He'll be here at the next service. And uh, he and my mom were amazing people. I grew up in a, in a godly Christian home, not a perfect home, but a Christian home where we saw Christ exemplified. And I look at my life today, and I recognize that very much of what I am walking in today, the blessing of God on my life, is the fruit of their obedience. Because the Bible says if we choose life, we're not only choosing life that we might live, but we choose life that we might live and that our descendants may live. There is a generational blessing that passes on from one generation to another generation. And if you are experiencing that today, you might want to go home today and text or call mom and dad, grandma or grandpa, aunt or uncle, and say, hey, I just want to thank you for making some good choices. I want to thank you for choosing life in our family and allowing us to walk in some things that we know is not the fruit of our obedience, it's actually the fruit of your obedience as you are following after the Lord. Years ago I heard a statement though, because you can flip that coin, because not only can we pass on the blessing of God, but I heard a statement that stuck in my heart. A gentleman made this statement. He said that the compromise of one generation becomes the captivity 
of the next generation. Because the sobering truth is simply this, the choices and decisions that each and every one of us make today, whether you're young or whether you're old, the choices and decisions that each and every one of us make today are either going to pass on the blessing of life that brings provision and promotion, or we're going to pass on the curse of sin that brings devastation and destruction and ultimately captivity into the lives of so many people. But Bible, the Bible says that God said, I set before you life and death, Blessing and curses, therefore choose life. Look at verse 20. He goes on and he says that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life. Y'all say that with me. For he is your life. How many know that choosing life begins with choosing Jesus? Choosing life begins with choosing Jesus. It begins choosing him as your Lord and Savior. It begins with coming to that revelation and that, that realization that without Christ, the Bible says, I am dead in my sins. I am separated from God. I am without hope in a world that is headed to hell. But in Christ... There is life and life abundant. Amen. In Christ, we can experience eternal life. We can experience abundant life. We can experience resurrection life. And so we recognize that choosing life begins with choosing Jesus, recognizing that the Bible says he demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners. And Jesus actually went so far as to say that we actually don't choose him. He chose us. And he chose to demonstrate his love for us so that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. And if you've never made that decision to choose Jesus, let him forgive you of the sins of your past and become the Lord of your life and your future. Then today at the end of the service, we'll have some prayer teams available and you'll have an opportunity today to choose Jesus and let him be the Lord of your life. But how many of you also realize today that once you choose Jesus, that's not the last choice. That's the beginning of many good choices that you should make. And through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, through the revelation of the Word of God, through community. How many are thankful for the community of faith, for a spiritual family? Come on, somebody. How many are thankful for a spiritual family that we get to be, we get to be introduced to the truth of God and we get to not only choose Jesus, but we get to choose life on a daily basis. We get to make those choices and choosing life can really look like a lot of things. Choosing life means choosing faith over fear. It means choosing prayer over panic. The Bible actually says don't worry about anything but pray about everything. But the truth is most people are worried about everything because they're not praying about anything. And part of choosing life is we're going to talk about today. If you're a note taker, you can follow along on the screen. We're going to choose life today by choosing wisdom over worry. Choosing wisdom over worry. We are blessed today as Americans to live in the United States of America. We are living in the most prosperous, most blessed nation on the planet. We have some amazing individuals here from outside our country that are going to be here tonight at 6 o'clock. And, and what's amazing about each of those men is they can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that you and I as Americans, the liberties, the freedoms that we have is amazing. And we are blessed and prospered beyond measure. And yet in the most prosperous, blessed nation on the planet, the number one prescribed prescription in America is antidepressants. Now just process that. The most prosperous, 
blessed nation in America, the number one prescribed prescription is antidepressants. We are anxious and we are worried about many, many things. Alarming statistics are coming out of our college campuses. College freshmen are reporting that they are dealing with on a daily basis overwhelming levels of what they call anxiety that is literally controlling and manipulating their lives. And the realization is that there is a remedy for worry. It is called, as we're going to see today, the wisdom of God. We have to choose wisdom over worry. The wisdom of God that liberates our soul. The wisdom of God that frees us from the bondage of anxiety and fear and worry. The wisdom of God that empowers us to rise above the circumstances of our lives and tap into the very life of God that sets us free. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives an amazing declaration. The Bible says this, verse 25. Jesus is speaking. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry. Not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food in your body, more than clothing? Look at the birds. Don't, they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we wear or what shall we drink? Look at verse 32. For these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. How many of you understand today that whatever dominates your thoughts controls your life? Whatever dominates your thoughts controls your life. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And if your thoughts are constantly dominated by anxiety and worry and fear, then guess what? You are being controlled by anxiety and worry and fear. And it is not only detrimental. We're going to see today before we close this message that it is actually demonic. And it brings us not into just a place of mental torment and anguish, where we are plagued by worry and anxiety, but it brings us into a place of spiritual bondage where we are manipulated and controlled by the enemy because we are consumed with worry and anxiety. Jesus said these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Verse 33, but seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously, and he will give you what? Everything that you need. And he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Look at that next point for all of you note takers out there. Wisdom gives us life because wisdom puts God first. 
think y'all talked about that last week. Wisdom puts God first. Wisdom seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Wisdom puts God first. And all of a sudden, when you begin to put God first, when you begin to put him first in your finances, in your relationships, on your job and in your life, when you begin to put him first in your thoughts and in your attitude and in your heart, when you begin to put him first and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things are added to you. Everything that you need is then given to you. See, wisdom puts God first, and then when we put God first, wisdom creates an abundant mentality because wisdom recognizes that God is the source. God is the source of every good and every perfect gift, the Bible says in the book of James. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The Bible says God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the hills. Everything belongs to him. And when you put God first, all of a sudden, wisdom seeks first the kingdom of God. And wisdom lives out of an abundant mentality that says, you know what? There's not just enough. There's more than enough. How many know our God is a God of more than enough? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or imagine, he is able and willing to do. He is the God of more than enough. And when you walk in wisdom, when you choose wisdom over worry, you choose to put God first in every aspect of your life. And this is what wisdom will teach you. If you'll build his kingdom, he'll build yours. If you'll build his house, he'll build yours. If you'll take care of his family, he'll take care of your family. If you'll do the things that matter to God, God will take care of the things that matter to you. The Psalms have said it like this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, wisdom puts God first and wisdom taps into an abundant life mentality that says there is more than enough. The government's not my source. My job is not my source. My bank account is not my source. The stock market is not my source. God is my source. And he's not broke, busted, or disgusted. That's a good old Arab Alabama saying. Welcome to the South, guys. He's not broke, busted, or disgusted. He is, he is well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you or I could ever ask, imagine, or even think. Your greatest imagination does not begin to tap in to the creativity of a holy God who loves and cares about you. What's so amazing about God is God can bless you and God can provide for you and God can resource you in all the unexpected places. The Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. God will take a raven and feed Elijah and God will feed you in many ways, forms, and fashions. He'll do everything that needs to be done in every form and every fashion imaginable. Because you are valuable to him. He loves you. And wisdom chooses life because wisdom chooses to put God first. But worry, think about it, worry. Worry creates a poverty mentality because worry makes man the source. 
Worry actually brings out the worst in us. Because worry operates out of this poverty mentality that says there's not enough. There's not enough money to go around. There's not enough jobs. There's not enough customers. There's not enough opportunities. There's not enough of whatever it is you think you need. Worry says there's not enough. And so what worry does is worry causes us to begin to compete for the last piece of the pie. Everybody's fighting for one piece of the pie. And if you look at me, you can tell I like pie. We had some pizza pie last night. It was really good. But you know what worry does? Worry brings the worst out in you because worry causes you to begin to step on and abuse and use and take advantage of other people because we're all fighting for that last piece of pie because there's not enough. And if there's not enough, I've got to take what you've got so I can have what I need. And we stomp on each other and we abuse each other and we manipulate one another and we lie and we cheat and we steal just to get ahead, just to get the deal, just to get the business, just to get the job, just to make a little more money. And it brings the worst out in us. This church, I want to just, I don't know if you know this, if you've recognized this, sometimes when you're in the middle of what God is doing, you kind of miss the magnitude of the greatness of God. But this church is the fruit of people choosing. Dr. Ron and Marion and the leadership of this church, over the last couple years, they chose wisdom over worry. They chose to walk and put God first instead of to panic and pull away in fear. And you are here today. Many of you are here today because they chose the wisdom of God over the worry and panic and anxiety of the world because when you're in worry, come on somebody. When you're in worry, you have a poverty mentality and you begin to draw back and you begin to pull away. But when you are in wisdom, you have an abundant mentality and you begin to step forward and you begin to open your heart and open your lives. And this church opened its doors when everybody was closing its doors. And this church opened its heart when other people were closing this heart. And this church stepped forward when many churches were pulling away. And that mess out there that Dr. Ron called the parking lot or the, the construction zone is really a message that declares the sufficiency and the sovereignty of God. It declares the glory of God. It declares the greatness of God. It declares the provision of God. When most churches are trying to keep their doors open, y'all are enlarging your territory. Why? Because when you chew wisdom over worry, you choose life and not death. Look at that next point. We choose wisdom over worry. We choose wisdom because wisdom gives us life. Wisdom hears instructions. Wisdom seeks wise counsel. Wisdom is willing to learn. But worry isolates us and deceives us into thinking we can do life on our own. Proverbs 1.5 says this, A wise man will hear and will increase in learning, and a man of understanding will attain to wise counsel. Proverbs 12, verse 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. 
Let me just say this to you. Every time you're confronted with something you've never been confronted with before, you have a choice. Are you going to choose wisdom or worry? Every time you're confronted, it can be a bad thing or it can be a good thing. It can be a positive opportunity or it can be a negative circumstance. But every time you're confronted with something you've never been confronted with before, you have a choice. Am I going to choose wisdom or am I going to choose worry? And when I choose wisdom, I choose to seek counsel. When I choose wisdom, I choose to open my ear to the wise. When I choose wisdom, I have a heart that is willing to learn and grow. Wisdom recognizes that I need other voices in my life. And if the only voice in your head is your voice, you're in trouble. If the only voice in your head is your voice, you are in trouble. Pastor Ron, I am so amazed at how people come to seek my counsel as their pastor after they've already made the bad decision. I'm like, if you'd have talked to me a week ago, this would be a totally different conversation. But wisdom seeks counsel. Wisdom looks to those who have gone ahead. Wisdom recognizes that I need the voice of God. I need the voice of his word. And I need the voice of God's people in my heart, in my ear, and in my life. And wisdom seeks counsel and refuses to go where we've never gone without talking to people that have already paved the way and, hear me, already made the mistakes that we can Avoid. But the Bible says that a fool is right in his own eyes. See, worry isolates us and worry deceives us into thinking that we can do this all on our own. Years ago, I, I've been married. Kelly and I, we were high school sweet, sweethearts. I was 18, she was 17. We got married right out of high school. We were young and dumb. That's what we tell everybody. 32 years later, we were madly in love. I love her more now than I've ever loved her before in my life. And I can't wait. I texted her this morning. I said, honey, I can't wait to see you tonight when I get home. Sent her a little scripture out of the book of Solomon. <laughs> Good stuff. Come on, Jesus. That's what I'm thinking. I didn't share that last service, so y'all <laughs> forgive me. I got y'all know me a little bit now. I'm, we're like friends now. We'd been married a couple years, and we were a couple years into our marriage, and we made one of the worst financial decisions we had ever made in our lives. It was one of those decisions that just seemed to haunt us and haunt us and haunt us and haunt us, and it just seemed like it was never going to go away. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, I was, I was, I was signing that little dotted line to, to buy that thing that we wanted. You know, we wanted it. Y'all ever wanted something? And I knew, I knew in my heart, I mean, the moment I signed the line, I knew I had made the wrong decision. And the Holy Spirit immediately quickened in my heart. He said, Keith, you need to call this brother. I have a, a good Christian brother. He's not a part of our church, but he's a good friend of mine. He is, he is a Christian businessman. He is a financial ge genius in the realm of the kingdom of God. And, and the Holy Spirit said, you need to call him and tell him what you've just done. And here's, here's what I know about 
worry and fear and anxiety. I was, I was so afraid of looking like a fool. Because I thought if I call and tell him what I did, he's going to think, what a fool I am. I was so afraid of looking like a fool that I acted like a fool. And instead of reaching out through wisdom to seek counsel, I isolated and separated myself and deceived myself into thinking I would figure it out. And years and years and years later, <laughs> we came out of the worst financial decision we had ever made simply because I chose worry and anxiety and fear over wisdom. I could have avoided years of misery if I would have chose the wisdom of God over the worry and fear of my flesh. If I would have overcome my fear of looking like a fool instead of acting like a fool and costing me and my family many years of financial struggle. When we choose wisdom, guys, we choose life. We need other people in our lives. Wisdom also fears God and hates evil. When we choose wisdom, we choose life because wisdom fears God and hates evil. Worry fears man and compromises convictions. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom fears God. Proverbs 8 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, to hate pride, arrogance, and the evil way, and the perverse mouth I do hate. Wisdom hates what God hates and loves what God loves. How do you know you're walking in the fear of the Lord? Because you hate sin. You hate pride. You hate the things that God hates. And wisdom fears the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when I choose to fear God, I choose to revere him. I'm not afraid of God, but I revere the Lord. I honor him. My dad, we call him Papa Larry. He's, he's going to be here today at the next service and He's 74 years old, and he's amazing. But I grew up, as I said, in a godly Christian home, and I, didn't, I wasn't afraid of my dad, but I feared my dad. I had a healthy fear of my dad. I remember when I was in elementary school, one day my dad told me, he said, son, I just want you to know, uh, in the south we call it getting a whooping. I don't know what y'all do up here in the north. He said, if you ever get a whooping at school, back in the day they used to whoop you at school, he said, if you ever get a whooping in school, it's not going to compare to the whooping you're going to get when you get home. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, I went through 12 years of school without one whooping. Come on, somebody. And it wasn't because I was afraid of the teacher, but I feared my father. I wasn't afraid of him. I would run to him in times of trouble. I would run to him for counsel. I would run to him for direction, but I feared him because I knew that he would hold me accountable to what he had set and said over my life. I want you to hear me today. Look what Romans chapter 14 says. Verse 11 and 12, it says, As it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So each of us shall give an account of himself 
to God. One day we're all going to stand before God and give an account of ourselves to the Lord. And your spouse may not know what you're doing in private, but God does. And your boss may not know what you're doing when he's not in the office, but God does. And your pastor may not know what you're doing when you leave this place, but God does. And when we choose wisdom, we choose the fear of the Lord. We choose a life that recognizes that one day I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to give an account for my life. Jesus even said we're going to give an account for every idle word that comes out of our mouth and that by our words we will be justified or by our words we will be condemned. God is watching, not as a judgmental, mean God who wants to punish you, but he is watching over you as a loving father who is calling you up to the standard of holiness and righteousness that he has set for your life, and he will hold you accountable for how you live your life. And just the thought of that makes me want to walk a little straighter and do a little bit better and live my life in a way that pleases the Lord. But worry, worry produces the fear of man. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says this, the fear of man brings a snare. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The fear of man brings a snare. The fear of man causes you, when you allow worry to rule in your heart, it causes the fear of man that causes us to compromise our convictions. See, when you are worried about what people are going to think, and you're worried about what people are going to say, and you're worried about how they're going to react... More than you're worried about what God thinks and what God says and how God is going to react, when you allow worry to rule your heart, it produces the fear of man. And here's what happens. You become a people pleaser instead of a God pleaser. And the moment you become a people pleaser instead of a God pleaser, you are ensnared By the fear of man, that worry of what are they going to think about me? Are they going to accept me? Are they going to love me? Are they going to welcome me? What are they going to think about my my reputation? Pastor Ron shared this weekend as he challenged us as men that our reputation with man is not near as important as our reputation with God. And here's the challenge. Here's the challenge of what happens when you become a people pleaser. You actually become a manipulator. Out of worry and fear and anxiety of how people will respond to you. You crave their approval and affirmation so much that you actually begin to manipulate them. Because you act one way around them and one way around another person. You say what you think they want you to say. You respond in the way you think they want you to respond. You abandon truth. You abandon conviction. And you abandon the very principle of who God has called you to be just because you are afraid. And I don't know if you know this, but the most controlling people you know are scared to death on the inside. 
manipulators and control freaks live out of a heart of anxiety and worry and fear. And I have to control everyone and everything in order to avoid being hurt or rejected or not having my way. So when I meet a control freak, my heart breaks for them. Because I recognize that behind that controlling bulldog facade is a scared, intimidated individual that just wants to be loved and accepted. But the fear of man always produces a snare that brings you in bondage. It's the fear of God that liberates your soul and allows you to be who God is has called you to be. Amen? Our last point together today. Wisdom releases the fruit of the Spirit, but worry opens the door to the demonic. Wisdom releases the fruit of the Spirit. Worry opens the door to the demonic. James chapter 3, the Bible says this, For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. How do you know that behind worry, anxiety, and fear, there is jealousy and selfishness? We're jealous of other people. We are selfish and self-centered, narcissistic in our own behaviors, and we begin to become worrisome and fearful and anxious about how other people are going to respond to us. Listen to what the Bible says. This is not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and y'all read it with me? And demonic. Worry unchecked. Worry run rampant in your heart and your mind becomes an open door for a demonic stronghold where you are now manipulated and controlled by your own anxious thoughts. You're living in a prison in your own mind. Because of the worry and anxiety that plagues you. And it is no longer just about dominant thoughts. It's now about a demonic stronghold that needs to be broken in our lives. When we choose wisdom, we choose to walk in the Spirit. We choose the fruit of the Spirit, the life of God. And all of a sudden we find liberty and freedom. When we choose worry, worry unchecked and unhampered and uninterrupted by the work of the Holy Spirit ultimately leads us from a place where we're dominated in our minds to where we're bound in our spirits. And I want to do something today as we close. I want us just to bow our heads together this morning. And I want to just ask you a question today. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith, worry's ruling my life right now. Maybe you recognize there's a stronghold of worry and anxiety and fear. and You might look really good on the outside, but on the inside, you know you're being tormented from within by an anxious spirit that robs you of joy and peace and the liberty to be who God has called you to be. And I want to pray with you this morning. If you're here this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you say, Pastor Keith, I want to be set free from that spirit of worry today, I want you just to lift your hand all over this building. Just lift your hand. I want to be set free from that spirit of worry. Hands all over the building today. I want to be set free from that spirit of worry. 
I'm just going to pray over you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I command and I break that spirit of worry and anxiety from off our lives today. Father, we repent and we renounce. Father, that stronghold of worry and anxiety, we ask you to forgive us for choosing worry over wisdom. And today, we put you first. We say yes to Jesus, yes to your grace, yes to your counsel, yes to your spirit. We choose life. And Father, I command that tormenting spirit to leave your people now as we receive the Spirit of God that brings liberty and freedom, heart, mind, and soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Dr. Ron.